0: boy jumps up next to me um i just wanted to say hi and uh if you have any questions if you want to say hi if there's any way that i can help you uh by all means please feel free to say hi and ask me some questions i am here to help you why hello jillian it is nice to see you um what i was going to do with this wine time is uh Answer a question I had the other day, which was a good question, and then I'm also probably going to test it and see if I can take this wine time and turn it into a podcast, because often I will answer questions and put out good stuff, and then it kind of gets lost. So what I'm going to do is uh, take any questions that you have. If you want to say hi, if you know, if there's anything uh, that you That you need help with, I would love to help you. But in the meantime, I'm going to tackle a question until a few members uh, get on here. Hello, Sydney. I had a great question the other day from a member, and she was wondering um, if she should lift lighter when she's trying to lose body fat. All right, and this is a great question because often I hear this myth that you need to do higher reps to tone and higher reps when you want to focus on fat loss, which is completely not true at all. Okay, not true at all. Here's what I recommend to do when you're trying to lose weight, when it comes to lifting. You still want to try to maintain your strength as much as possible, all right? You don't want to neglect strength. Strength should always be a priority and always be important. However, what you want to do with your strength and with your training is not train to failure, all right? Uh, Hello, Paula from New Mexico. Cheers. Um, For fat loss... Don't think higher reps are going to work better and if you're in a calorie deficit that you need higher reps to burn more fat and stuff. It doesn't work that way. So getting back to the question, Keep your strength high, so keep training for strength, but don't train to failure, all right? This is a big myth that happens, is people think that you have to do higher reps for fat loss. You don't. You need to prioritize your strength. But what you need to do is not train to failure or not push your body too hard, because if you do that, that's gonna cut into your recovery. If you cut into your recovery, you're not gonna be able to perform and lift and train as well, and that's when you start having problems, all right? So you don't necessarily need to uh, do higher reps, you need to just not go to absolute failure all the time, okay? You can go to failure with your accessory lifts, but you don't want to go to failure with your main uh, big compound lifts. If you could get 10 reps, you stop at, let's say, seven or eight. You don't want to chase chase failure or fatigue uh, when you're cutting, okay? It's a big thing that you don't want to do. So we've got some people here joining now. So hello, ladies. It's very cool to uh, hop on this and see people from New Zealand, uh, North Carolina, New Mexico. It's very cool. Um, So while you're here, if you have any questions, by all means, please feel free to ask me. Um, If you can keep them kind of short and something that I can like maybe uh, answer quickly, that would be wonderful. Um, But if not, what I'll do is I'll start noting them so that I'll start talking about them in podcasts or future quickie videos, as I will probably start calling them. I'm going to steal that name from Ramona, one of our members. Um, Hello, Jeannie, how are you doing? So if you ladies would like to ask me any questions, by all means. And if not, what I'm going to do is then talk about another question that I had the other day. So while more people are joining, uh, I'm going to talk about something that was asked the other day, which is a really good question. I, I'm, I'm kind of like paraphrasing a little bit, but the question was, what are my thoughts on 10,000 steps for fat loss? Okay, um, it's actually a really good question. Um, if you go back, like say, I always start with me, and then I always try to uh, see what my clients and real-world results are, and then I go from there. I don't really believe much of what I read. I'm more for like what really works and what like works for me and what works in the real world for people. So I've got a lot of experience when it comes to a lot of walking and very little walking in my own training and then also with other people. So I think like 10,000 steps for fat loss, I don't, sadly, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference, okay? Now, if you take somebody who's sedentary who doesn't do much, and you get them walking, say, 2,500 or 5,000 steps, that's going to be huge. It's big progress. If you take somebody who's active and kind of fit and make them walk 10,000 steps, it's not as intense, right? So today I walked 10,000 steps uh, with Kaiser outside. It was a very hard, good, challenging hike. But for fat loss, I don't think it makes a huge difference. I think that if you walk and you do 10,000 steps and you add in strength training – Uh, lifting three to four days a week and you add in some type of high intensity training three times a week as well so interval training sprint training hill training sleds kettlebell swings jump rope something that really kind of gets your heart rate up as well that's my like kind of like my trifecta for fat loss okay so that's like my it's not really a secret it's it's actually kind of common sense but um walk a lot lift weights do some type of sprint training That's pretty much it for fat loss stuff. But 10,000 steps on their own, I don't think is going to be huge for fat loss, but it's always very independent on the person, okay? Uh, Hello, Tiffany, and hello, Krista, for joining, ladies. It's good to see you. Uh, Krista trains with me, so it's nice to see some friendly faces on here. And uh, a good friend of mine, Jillian from BC, was just on a minute ago, which is really cool. So on that note, I'm going to say, cheers. So if you missed it, um, a few minutes ago, I was talking about uh, basically, uh, walking for fat loss, 10,000 steps for fat loss. And then also if you should train lighter when your goal is fat loss. And I've covered these in a little bit. So I'm probably going to switch this to a podcast afterwards, depending if it works. Knowing me, I'm probably going to fuck it up because I'm not very good with technology. So we will see how it goes. And I'm going to check here now to see if we have any questions really quickly. Okay. Got a question here from Janine. She says, I have a question regarding protein. Some say that only a certain amount of protein can be absorbed at a time. Is there any truth to this? Uh, so, for example, if I consume 60 grams of protein, is there a waste of 20? <sighs> okay, so I don't think that there's any, like, clear-cut number, and I'm not a science guy at all, Okay. I don't think there's any clear cut number. However, I do feel that somebody who has more metabolic demand on their body and has more muscle and trains harder will require more protein than the person who's not doing anything, okay? So clear. let's get that out of the way first. If you take two women, one of them being 130 pounds, one of them being 190 pounds, do you think that the metabolic demand and the protein requirements are going to be the same for both? If they're both, let's say, the same kind of like body fat levels are close, you know what I mean? Let's say one girl is 5'2, let's say the other girl is like 5'10, all right? So clearly there's going to be more demand for the person with more muscle mass and the bigger size when it comes to protein. So I don't think the average female needs to eat uh, 60 grams of protein in one setting. I, I don't think that that's, you know, makes much sense at all. However, I also don't think that protein is going to convert to fat very well. So if you're going to have a high amount of protein, more than likely, you're going to pee it out or poo it out, and you're not going to store it. Uh, So, you know, tomatoes, tomatoes. I don't think it's a big deal. I just think as long as you get your protein pretty consistently overall and you don't go crazy thinking about it, most people, I think, get too too intense with it. So just get enough protein throughout the day. If you're getting 60 grams in a meal, uh, I don't think it's going to be three meals a day eating 60 grams, so I wouldn't stress it too much. Uh, just get as much protein as you can and don't worry about it. Don't sweat the small stuff, but I don't think that there's any set amount that your body can handle. I think it's very individual to the person. Okay? I hope that helps. Cheers. Let's see if there's any other questions here, and if not, um, I will catch up. Ooh, okay, here's a good question from Greta. How detrimental is alcohol nightly with a goal of muscle gain as I sip on a glass of wine? Okay, again, I'm not a science guy. I I have zero uh, experience in science. I don't read any training, like uh, scientific journals, anything, nothing. I do read a lot. I do it. Train a lot of people, have trained a lot of people. Um, and I also test myself a lot, okay. How bad is alcohol? Uh if you're trying to gain muscle, I don't think it's a big deal, okay. Again, there's levels, okay. If you are having a glass of wine at night, um, or whatever your choice of alcohol is, and if you have a drink or two, I do not think it's going to set back your training, whether it's building muscle even depending fat loss, but that's a different conversation. Let's talk about building muscle. I don't think that having a glass of wine or having a drink is going to impact building muscle. I do think having too much of it will. And I think if it's consistently an issue, then of course it's going to cause problems. But I don't think um, it's going to make any difference. So if you enjoy having a a drink a day or whatever, go for it. No big deal. I don't think the biggest issue more than anything is probably the dehydration that goes with it. Um, But I don't think having a drink a day is going to sabotage any of your gains in strength or muscle mass at all. Um, hope that helps. Just my opinion. I could be completely wrong. Cheers. Um, I've got another question here. Let me catch up quickly. Uh, okay, so just catching up on Janine's question about protein powder. Yeah, okay, so like to eat 60 grams of protein oh, that's a big steak. <laughs> You're going to eat a lot of chicken and steak. But to drink 60 grams is much easier. Um, I don't think it's necessary. I think the average woman can probably get by with having anywhere from 15 to 30 grams of protein per meal and be totally fine with that, right? Um, and usually if it's 60 grams of protein, it's probably like 60 to 100 grams of carbs with it and you know all that other stuff. So let me just catch up here. Okay, question from Jessica. What are your recommendations for when you stall, even though you were hitting all the macros trying to cut? Okay. I don't really like nutrition stuff. Um, I've talked about it a lot, and it's very obviously an important part of uh, what do we do and, you know, fitness and health and all that stuff. However, I think sometimes people get just just too fixated on it. But getting back to the question, um, when you stall, okay, when you stall, so when I'm guessing you mean like in terms of fat loss, right? So when you stall, um, this depends, okay? Sometimes a plateau and stalling can be progress, all right? But it's not progress if you're trying to make a short-term or intermediate-term goal. Let Let me explain. Let's say I'm 190 and I'm cutting and I want to lose some body fat, some weight. Let's say I start at 190 and I get to 180, okay? And then I stay there and I'm good, right? But I getting to 180 and staying at 180 is still progress. Staying is progress. You don't always need to move the needle for progress. Sometimes staying still where you are is progress, okay? But um, let's say I reach 180, but I have to be one, say 170 in three weeks. Well, then I can't stall. I have to I have to push to get to that next level, right? So it depends on. Uh, sometimes stalling is okay. But if you're following your macros and you get stuck, it's very individual to the person. Okay. So I don't think that there's ever like a magic solution here. I think it's very important that when you give somebody a nutrition plan and you work with them, that you kind of know what's going on. Because there's a lot of factors for fat loss besides just calories. And I'm probably going to poke the box here a little bit, but we live in a world now where everything is just macros and calories, right? right? Calories in, calories out. That's all that matters. That's it. Fucking bullshit. Okay. Bullshit. There is numerous other factors that are involved with fat loss. Calories play a huge role with that, but there are other factors. But getting back to your question, when things stall, usually you have to do one or two things. Ride it out for a bit or change something, okay? Often if your calories are around the same, fluctuating around the same, sometimes doing a fast and or um, like a refeed can work well just to kind of like shake things up a little bit. But again, without knowing more about you, your calories, your macros, your training, it's really hard for me to say. So now after all that, <laughs> I hope that makes sense. <laughs> Cheers, let me get another quick class of mine. Okay, so ladies, if you have any other questions, by all means, please ask. And if not, I'm gonna think of some other questions that I get asked the other day trying to think of another question that was asked. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. It was a good one. And I wasn't smart enough to figure out how to answer it on Instagram. So I'm going to do it here and then try to uh, switch it over later. But anyway, the question was, how do I approach a snatch? Okay. A barbell snatch. I'm guessing it was. How do I approach a snatch uh, with the same mentality when it gets heavier versus when it's lighter? All right. So the same, that same mindset can can be a, Uh, applied to any lift really. It doesn't necessarily have to be a snatch. A snatch is clearly scary because that bar is going over your head. And if you don't make the lift, it's not good. And if you don't know how to bail, it's not good. So missing a snatch is definitely a little scarier than say missing a deadlift where you can just let go of the bar, even though the deadlift has a high probability of injury as well. But anyway, getting back to the question, how do you how do you not fear something when it gets heavier? This is all in your mindset and your approach and how you treat all of your reps, okay? So every single rep in training should be the same, whether it's empty bar or PR, should be approached the same way. Perfect form, perfect technique, confidence, uh, skill, everything, no difference, right? So when I train, you will never like kind of like see me lift with the bar and just play around, play around. Once I step up to the bar, it's game time. Once the bar is in the rack. Okay. Then I can chat and carry on. But anytime it comes to lifting, it's time to lift. All right. And what you want to do is as things get heavier, approach the bar with the same confidence and the same mindset no matter what, all right? If you have doubts and you're going to have them, if you step up to a bar and you think, fuck, this is heavy, or, oh, I don't think I can do this, you immediately have to try to clear those thoughts out and replace them with something positive, all right? Um, Sounds kind of funny, but PMA, positive mental attitude, right? Let me explain. You're going up to a heavy squat and you think, fuck, this is going to be heavy, or shit, I don't know, I can do this. You immediately follow it up with, and this is where coaching comes in, uh, I don't think I can do this, but today I will, okay? I don't think I can do this, but my training has been great, so I'm going to give it my best, all right? You always take something that's kind of a negative and reframe it and try to be positive. Now, as you get more advanced, in my opinion, you don't think about these things anymore. You just think about execution, All right. So I'm never going up to a bar and like my head, yeah, it's always going to play with me a little bit, but you just have to learn to kind of like drown out the noise and focus on the task in front of you. And uh, to me, I always like to just think something over and over and over in my head. So I won't have a conversation. I will just think like three words or one word three times. That's it. I'll step up to the bar and I'll, it sounds funny. I'll say mine, 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 or I got this. I got this i got this and that's all i'm going to keep thinking about is that over and over and over i'm not going to make it any more complicated than that so when you step up to something heavy uh don't be fearful treat it the same way as if it's a, a working set with just the same focus and intensity and all that's going to be brought to you by your training and your warming up all right hope this helps hello joanne it is good to see you and on that note cheers and i'm trying to think if there was um something else I'm missing. I feel like I'm missing something. But now, anyway, uh, back to my story. The other day, I was, I, I tried to do an Instagram QA and I can't figure it out. So if anybody has any skills with Instagram and knows how to do Instagram QA's, and uh, by all means, please send me a message. I would uh, love to have your help. <laughs> Hello, Kim. Welcome. Uh, ladies, if you have any questions, by all means, ask me, okay? I would love to help you. Uh, this is a great question. Okay, question from Julie. Um hello Joe good to see you A question from Julie is what do you recommend for teens who are just getting started uh, this is a fantastic question I I think um, I think uh, training for teens and youth training is huge okay I don't think you need to kind of force it on them but if they find their way to do it I think it's it can be a wonderful thing I know lifting weights, strength training martial arts literally changed my life and saved my life so i think if you can you know get them started it's wonderful um so what do i you know what advice or what do i recommend in that situation make it fun all right so number 1 is always to make it fun Um, Anytime I train anybody there always has to be a mixture of um, Improving skill getting better, but also fun. If it's not fun, you won't do it You have to have to want to make it fun. All right, especially when it comes to training teams is make it fun Um, You want to challenge them you want to push them But you also want to make it fun so that they will want to come back for more I think it's important to keep things fun. Okay Um, as well I think it's often important to like not be too too hard on teens i think it's good to challenge them and push them and to like challenge them when it's needed but not to like push them too hard and uh i have no kids but i often see parents who like kind of like live vicariously through their kids and stuff you know i think it's important to let your kids maybe find their way and if they find their way to strength um give them the space and the tools that they need to grow and find their own way into it you know i hope that makes sense um, for me, when I started lifting, just to tell you a, a story, I kind of grew up in a household where health and fitness was almost non existent right My parents never ate healthy they didn 't even know really what that meant. Um, I had three brothers and two sisters, none of them were really that healthy at all. but I had one brother who was um into lifting, and like I kind of found my way through lifting through him. And then on top of that, I started doing martial arts and I was like, man, I want to get a little leaner and I want to I want to look better and feel better. What do I need to do? And then I realized the importance of nutrition and my parents, God loved them, but they had no concept of nutrition or anything like that. So I started kind of like learning a little bit about nutrition. So nobody really forced me but I kind of found my own way. And then I found a couple of really good mentors who were my coaches and my martial arts instructors who literally changed my life uh, when I was a teenager. So I think it's really important to have, uh, make it fun, challenge them, but also then try to find good coaches and mentors. Because I think that that's the most important thing more than anything, you know? Like I don't do karate now. Um, and Jill actually, who was watching this earlier, Jill Manville, who's a very good friend of mine, wonderful human. And, uh, her dad was my karate instructor and actually we dated many years ago. So it was very strange, right? But anyway, he was one of my martial arts instructors that literally changed my life. I no longer do karate, but the philosophy and the mindset and, uh, everything that I've learned from my instructors and from my coaches kind of got carried on then through me, you know? So like, make it fun. Challenge them, but but not be too hard, you know, and have good coaches and mentors. For teens, I think that's uh, huge, you know, and I hope that helps. I kind of rambling about your question, Julie. (laughs) I hope that helps you at all. But in all honesty, I really feel that, um, especially for teens, you know, like, I, Again, I have no kids, but I can't imagine this crazy world that we live in, um you know with the with social media and with everything else, you're battling for attention, you know, you're battling for their time, you're battling for their energy. But I think that lifting and strength training and fitness has so many benefits that it should be just, you know, I, I hope more kids find their way, and I hope more parents at least kind of like attempt to plant the seed of of giving them the option to learn and to, you know, take up lifting or strength training because I really think it can change your life completely, you know? And on that note, I'm going to call this uh, Q&A. It has been fun. I am very grateful for you ladies joining. I think what I'm gonna do is try to set a time, I keep saying this, but I never do, Uh, set a time so that I can let you guys know when I'm gonna pop on and that way then, if you have any questions, I can help you. But in the meantime, If I can help you at all in the group, uh, feel free to tag me here and there. I would love to help you. Cheers, and thank you for everything.